0: Entertainment, Dot I. E. I love the way you say film. You're very welcome to another episode of the Film Show. Uh, I'm Mike Sheridan. I'm joined as always by Dima Lumpy. Yeah. And uh, Brian Lloyd. Oh yeah. Listen to last week's show, Brian. Listen Are to we last week's. Listen to last week's show on the play
1: beforehand. Beforehand. <laughs> no cursing. No, no yep. cursing, Brian. Yeah. I, didn't, I wasn't going to curse. I was just going to say, any thoughts, any suggestions? Like, you've been hosting the, the show. you were phenomenal.
0: Thanks, you like, you're always phenomenal. Aww. You know,
1: um, I found Brian quite boring.
0: I have to say, he's just kind of like you, were like, <laughs> like you lacked energy. <laughs> I don't know what it was. You just didn't see him yourself.
1: Mm, you yeah, know, well, like, I was like,
0: the, I don't know this person. This person that's hosting the show this week. I don't know who
1: they are. I've never met them. That's what I'm saying. Maybe it was the fact that, like, you weren't here, constantly trying to wind me up, that... You know, that there was a more calm, respectful... Would you ever think that the wound-up version of you was the real you? I know it's not the real version of me. That's just it, though. I know it's not the real... Let's move on, okay? well, am, I, am, Let's, I, am I
0: actually your trigger?
1: Yeah. No, hang on a second. Hang on a second. Let's move on. I'm the host of the show now, Brian.
0: <laughs> you were a pale comparison I'm the captain last now. Week. I'm the captain now. <laughs> you were a pale comparison
1: last week. Yeah. On my, on my way back from Lanzarote. Right, yeah. I'm, I had to listen to you for five minutes. I was talking smack. Listen, I was not talking smack. I was pointing out the fact that you were in Lanzarote. I was. You were at some sort of bodybuilder thing. What was it? It was a training camp. I. Warm, Body.
0: W- warm weather training. Yeah, just Producer Dave
1: appreciates that he's a sportsman. Don't you produce the Dave? I
0: sure do. He does, yes. There you <laughs> go.
1: Okay, well, like, whatever. So, yeah, so you're doing sports things, whatever. Um, and, like, yeah. Sports I didn't, things. Like whatever. My point is, is that, like, I wasn't lying. I didn't make up any of it. Like, you were actually out there doing whatever it is. I think it was more
0: your tone. You know, I think I was more offended by your tone. You know, how you were saying it.
1: So you're going like to like tone police me now, is I that know, a, it? Was,
0: it was, like, disparaging or something. It just kind of, you know...
1: <sighs> pity about you like i can't i can't i can't help how you feel about what i said okay? i have not. I, I really enjoyed the show last oh, go- night. Oh, really, it was, it was, nice it was a very it was a very calm
0: uh intellectual discussion on film there we go and then i just come in and i'm like nah let's just to make all the silly like you know oh no no i mean
1: like you know it was you know it was it was i i've said this before to you like and it's it's hosting this show is difficult in the sense that like it's you have to constantly keep things move well, that, that's
0: hosting anything but yeah. i think it, because both you and d do so much media as well kind of outside of here with radio and tv stuff your brain kind of worries to be a contributor mm. and we've talked about this before Or worries to been a presenter and like presenters just move good presenters just move the conversation along yeah. so mm-hmm. don't make it don't don't abuse one of the contributors like i do but no that's that is it yeah. your brain i think yeah. your brain is just kind of worried a certain way so if these doing the last word or something you're doing the last word mm. and you're you're basically relaying your expertise you know, you're yeah. conveying it. Yeah. Whereas, you know, like Matt Kirk was trying to move the conversation along yeah. and mm-hmm. probably drop knowledge uh, here and there. No, but I did. I genuinely really enjoyed oh, the show last week. I was Thank able to you. download it from the ropey Wi-Fi in Lanzarote Airport. I was going to
1: say, yeah, because like I've been in Lanzarote Airport before. That, that Wi-Fi is terrible. Yeah. yeah. Do, you know what
0: they, do you know what they do as well? They, do you know, they have to shop outside, right, before you go through customs. Yeah. So like, you know, there's the, like whatever the coffee place. And the you shops have to and buy stuff. the Wi-Fi. Yeah. No, right? You have, when you go through, they have like other shops and everything's hyped up. Don't you've already passed through customs like the Robin? I know, yeah, no, it's ridiculous. I it's wanted Coke ridiculous. Zero. I've got, I've got a Coke Zero problem, and I wanted to buy four bottles of Coke Zero for a four-hour flight home. flight I've got problems. I've got problems, lads. Anyway, that was my holiday. I trained with <laughs> it, yeah? it was good. Well, yeah, I trained. Joe trained. Just lifted things, ran places. The Danish pole voting team were there. They are All now. right, they are now. Do you think you're intimidated by people? Wait till you're running next to the Danish pole team. Are they
1: like fast sure. or is it just they're like... Just Scandinavian. like they're
0: just Scandinavian and muscular, like men and women. They're just in phenomenal shape. Like. Yeah. And then a lot of CrossFitters and stuff like that as well. The CrossFit? CrossFitters, yeah. Really? Professional CrossFit's like a thing. Is it really? It's an actual thing, yeah. Like what do they do? They just lift
1: weights badly. And they do really I was going to say. Form,
0: really, poor form, really poor form pull-ups like and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I
1: know. Yeah, because I've seen them do it. And like the gym I go to, they're all in there. And yeah. they're all like flashing around like hammers and stuff. Like It's like, what are you doing? You're taking up all the space and using
0: all the dumbbells. Anyway, rant over. We'll yeah, talk about films. Was. It was nice to catch up with the both yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. of
1: actually This is actually the first proper catch-up we've had since yeah, you got back. Yeah, it like, is. Yeah. It is. <laughs> um,
0: so we have a bonus. We're going to have a bonus podcast this week, D. Mm-hmm. Uh, first of all. And this is for a documentary. Yeah. Uh, quite a worthy sounding documentary.
2: Yeah. And Gav uh, Burke actually reviewed it on site and he gave it five stars. And I would agree with him in that it is like really a phenomenal film. It's powerful. It can be like a tough watch, um, but it's really good. It's called A Cambodian Spring and um, it basically follows Sorry, I always get mixed up with how to um, pronounce this, but it's like Biongkok or it sounds like Bangkok but it's not. Um, basically the development of this um, lake in Cambodia and um, it was it was quite this like kind of run down area and they had made all these promises with regards to the development and they essentially just like drowned out the place. They just pumped water through it and all of these people like lost their homes and everything. So yes. it follows yeah. basically their protests against this and we also followed this um, side plot with this um, monk character and how he's kind of protesting and becoming active in the community but all the Religious authorities are really unhappy with him doing that. They want him to, like, basically go back to his. Uh, pagoba i think it's called so like just as a little like fair play for me an, so, yeah. an attempt
0: at the pronunciation yeah <laughs> i've just yeah. said something
2: else um <laughs> yeah but it's it's really really powerful stuff and it's great and i talked to the um director of it chris kelly and he was really interesting to talk to so yeah so
1: that monk guy was actually in the ifi over the weekend yeah, i that's saw him right. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. That, yeah. yeah had like the, ro- yeah. Had the robes and everything like, yeah mm-hmm. yeah it was like like one of those like um uh, Buddhist monks like where he had yeah. like the orange robes and everything like venerable Luan Savat or something mm-hmm. wasn't that his name it's, yeah. a, it's, a, it's hard hitting do you I take yes. it it's not, it's not an easy watch or is it compelling or? no
2: no it's not but it's compelling and I think you know what these kind of documentaries are important because you know we all get kind of wrapped up in our own little world and our little country and it's important to see the struggles that are going on you know halfway across the world yeah. so I think it's a powerful We're film kind of an overall
0: bubble in a certain way like, yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, okay well, well look forward to that we'll put that one in maybe in the next day or two mm-hmm. um and as a bonus episode Great um, Speaking of which
1: Brian On the line You've got new, you've got one as well We're, we're chock-a-block We're yeah. interviews this week Chock-a-block uh, Yeah we did an interview With uh, Clive Owen uh, For his new film Anon uh, Which was directed By Andrew Nichol You can uh, download that now On iTunes and, and Spotify I can't talk about the movie yet Because it's embargoed Okay um, Clive Owen
0: could talk About the movie too,
1: you He though, could right. talk to me about it And he does slightly But you'll be really <laughs> proud You'll be so proud of me right I completely and utterly just like had no sense of football whatsoever. And I was able to talk to him about football for about like five minutes. And I think he believed me. <laughs> I think he believed me. I think he understood. I think he believed me. I don't know. But, like, Pro- yeah,
0: producer I the to producer Dave Regan will be the judge of that. <laughs> he used to work for the old pundit arena. And he oh, works in Sports Chronicle now. Yeah. yeah. Well, like, but, like I, Judge him. Judge him, Dave. Judge him.
1: I like. I asked. I asked him about the Champions League because uh, I talked to my my, my brother stayed over at my house over the weekend. I was like, "I am if you on on Monday." He was like, "Oh yeah, he's big into Liverpool. Big yeah. Liverpool fan, yeah, yeah, big Liverpool fan." And she talked to me about Liverpool. I was like, "How?" How would I know about football? How would I know about Liverpool? He was like, oh, just ask him about the Champions League you, final. You were just like, I just want to connect with him on a personal level. And I, yeah, yeah, exactly. Connecting, you know, yeah. gain a rapport kind of thing. And so, I asked him about the, Li- the Champions League final. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> I don't even know if they're in it. I just said, so Champions League final, what do you think? And he was like, oh yeah, and gave a really right. kind of in-depth answer. it was like, Oh yeah, I think they can yeah. do it. That's a that's a broad enough lead in. You know, Isn't like it? we're saying <laughs> Champions League final. The second leg is, is
0: actually we're recording this on Wednesday, the second leg is tonight. Okay, grand. But yeah. They're fight, they're he said tonight. he was going to it tonight.
1: Yeah. yeah, he said he was going to it tonight. Yeah. So I don't know. Because you
0: connect the room on a personal level and your pals now. Anyway, name that the name of that podcast is on the line. So we've yep. basically done ads this week for our shit. Oh, did we? Yeah. yeah, we've done ads for these podcasts. Oh yeah. Bonus mm-hmm. podcast. And yours. I need a bonus podcast now.
1: Yeah, you sure. Well, you, like,
0: you're doing stuff. with Are we allowed to talk about that yet? Well, I don't, it's, we don't know if it's going to happen yet. All right, okay. But because so, uh, this is what happen. they call a teaser. Guys. <laughs> oh yeah, everyone's <laughs> just say it. Um, no, if we do, you'll know in the next few days. But uh, it's somebody I'm a huge fan of. That I named one of my dogs after. <laughs> yeah. Don't tell him that. <laughs> anyway, good crack. Okay, let's talk about uh, Amy Schumer. Yes. Uh, I feel pretty. The three of us saw this one on Monday night. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was one of those where we got to see it with an audience, and it was a very enthusiastic audience. Yes. Yeah. Uh, this one, D, drew a lot of criticism from the trailer alone. Yeah, which because, was total BS. Yeah, it really is when you see yeah. the film. But, uh, it's a, it's still a strange old setup for a film.
2: I don't think it is though. I think that it's fairly like kind of standard. Freaky when it Friday, comes to, yeah, yeah, it's like Freaky Friday well, or um. Well, I mean, some people have been comparing it to. Although this is an unfair comparison, it was um being compared to Shallow Hal when the trailer initially yeah. came out. Which I don't think is really fair. It's quite a different film. of Farley Brothers. And yeah, 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 exactly. Um, but it's a really fun film. Basically, at its concept is there's this like really insecure woman and she has this accident where she hits her head really hard while she's doing spin class in a gym. And suddenly she sees herself as like this beautiful woman and that newfound confidence ends up translating into everything. She ends up getting a boyfriend. She ends up getting like a job that she really, really wants. Yeah. She kind of goes for it. And she's so full of like bravado and and like kind of obnoxiousness that she yeah. managed to kind of BS her way into everything. And it's actually like really nice. And it is kind of a positive message. I know that it's cheesy to say, but it is feel good. And it yeah. is cheesy. You it's, know,
0: it's my first, my first reaction to the, her banging her the head was, she also bangs her vagina very badly as well. It yes. was mm. like, Amy Schumer, you need to go to a hospital. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, it's because at no point, and you, you mentioned Shadow Hall there, mm. there, there's no like she doesn't look in the mirror and see anything, see something different. There's none of that. It's, well, she obviously sees something different, but mm-hmm. the audience doesn't. Yeah, you know, so they, they obviously made a choice there. Yeah, to, to that be, you
2: never see what she yeah seeing. what
0: she thinks exactly. she what yeah. she thinks yeah. she looks like, and um, which might be a metaphor or something like that. I don't know. Did you get that
1: right? I don't know. I like yeah. I mean, I suppose it it, it it is the sort of thing that like had they actually shown what she thought she saw. Yeah, that is kind of you're just opening yourself up for, you know, criticism on that front, like um
2: yeah like how do you define beauty exactly yeah yeah yeah. yeah. this
1: is it like and like to be honest part of this kind of what i don't know say annoyed me but i was kind of like i don't know about that was how you know there was different there were at various points in the film when she is in under the trance or whatever she's like um you know like you see her eating food or whatever she's like oh i can just eat whatever i want and i just stay this this thing like and everyone kind of laughs and you're kind of like yeah, you know, and like, then there's other stuff where... But
2: like, women do say that. That's I know that, yeah, no, I know it. that,
1: but what I'm saying is, is that like, it's kind of like, I don't know, it's just, it was, there were parts where it was sort of like, oh, you're making a joke about that kind of thing. And like, don't get me wrong, if Amy Schumer is doing it, she obviously doesn't have a problem with it kind of yeah. thing. So,
2: but I mean, I don't know, like, can you not just... Make a joke about anything these days. I don't days, know. I mean, know? no,
1: no. I mean, it's not. No, I'm not doing the whole like pl- PC thing. Like, it's yeah. not that. It's more just like it seems like it's a cheap way of making yeah. a joke.
0: Is it more of that? And there were moments like that because it's a twelve eighty. It's, yeah. it's it's a fairly it's low fairly lady. benign. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Right. Um, and normally when you see Amy Schumer, because like, her stand-up's quite uh, mm-hmm. well she's like she's, she curses a lot she's like you know most stand-up comedians yeah. and stuff and obviously this is a film that's not aimed towards kids per se let's not call that but a 12 yeah. day is a lot yeah. enough rating for it yeah
2: I mean it means that like kind of teens can go see it yeah. like it is really let's be honest it is a film that's primarily targeted for women and it's kind of nice that you know teenage teenage girls will be able to go and see this with their girlfriends and kind of older um, women as well people in their 20s and above and you can go see it with your mom Or I went to see it with my sister, and we had like a great laugh at it. So, your sister,
0: yeah. Oh, okay. Cause just you made sure to say hello this time. Yeah, exactly. Like, yes, hello, I like,
2: Mike Hello, guys. <laughs> hello, Mike. Mike. Even though Brian was like flipping me off at the side, well, but
0: like, you should report him to your whatever human resources. <laughs> well, well the have. worst was
2: when he was doing it when I was with my dad at the cinema. I, I was like, what you. if he kicks your ass? Yeah. Then you'll be sorry. Listen, I
0: could take your dad. Okay, imagine now your, your dad just whipped out an extendable bat. Like, Where is <laughs> <it you?"> <laughs> <laughs> I've heard about you, son. Just battered you.
2: Um, but help. look I just think that It was really feel good And it was really funny I mean it was It was very silly But it was light And it was fun And there aren't enough Of these movies being made Let's be honest Like every time you do get The odd female-led comedy Of which there are few And far between They are like big hits And stuff yeah. Like even like Bad Moms I know that I didn't like That film at all And I wasn't mad About the sequel But I could appreciate The fact that At least there are comedies Being made about women Yeah and girlship Is huge mm. That
0: was a girl huge Trip is a huge yeah.
2: success Yeah that's got- another big one from last year
0: yeah um, yeah no you're dead right actually and you know the, the reaction to this one's was kind of split down the middle Brian it's like 50 something percent I feel yeah. like though
2: this film is getting a lot of the similar kind of backlash to what the Ghostbusters remake got in that People aren't actually going to see it. They're just giving it crappy ratings. Do you think it's a
0: misogyny thing or what like what do you think it is? Just I don't know. I think that a lot of I think
2: a lot of it is coming off the backlash from the release of that trailer and people are saying, Oh, it's basically like portraying a negative body image when I feel like it's the exact opposite of that, if anything. Um, so that's really frustrating and yeah I think that Amy Schumer is so extreme that she has inspired like quite a lot of haters yeah, for whatever yeah. reason so I think it's on those bases why it's not getting a great reception but I think it's a lot of fun
1: and to be fair as well like we saw, like I mean not to kind of drive home the point or whatever but like we saw it in a cinema full of women yeah. pretty much like yeah. I think you and it was me it a female publication yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah and like you know they all laughed and I don't think anyone walked in. The woman in front of us was having a great time. Yeah, (laughs) she was. Yeah, she was howling laughing. So like, I, I don't know, like maybe it's just one of those things where it's like, you know, when it actually is presented and people see it for, in, in the full context mm-hmm. not just the trailer yeah maybe it's a bit more positive I don't know I
2: yeah. think as well you can always kind of overanalyze these things and pick yeah. out plot holes and pick out problems but you can do that with literally exactly. any
1: comedy yeah, exactly yeah. I did so.
0: like it John Caroline loved it yeah they mm-hmm. bought, when they both worked for like publications and stuff over the years as well it's obviously kind of Uh, Style centric And Michelle Williams Plays kind of an Estee Lauder type
2: She was great And I'd love to see her Do more comedy in the future Because she plays Like this little Like
0: weirdo And I kind of Loved her for it I I, I didn't I don't know why Michelle Williams Keeps doing that She did the same thing With All the Money in the World Where she Okay no I get it I respect it because she makes a choice yeah. in her mm. performance and commits to it. I think she is one of the best actresses working today. Sure. I don't yeah. think she gets the roles she should be getting. No. Maybe that's by choice, I don't know. Mm. But she's I think she's an incredible, incredible actress. Even the yeah. scenes she had Manchester Boy to see are devastating. And she oh, have, she's Oh amazing. She just yeah. I just think she's amazing. But even with all the money in the world, she played this kind of soap opera oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And she makes a real decision here to be like.
1: Is she mimicking somebody? I, I, don't, I don't know, but like, it's hilarious. She was really funny in it. Like that voice, yeah. it was just like, hello. And like the way she even just kind of like, like, yeah, it was a very defined comedic choice. Yeah. And it worked, I think. Mm-hmm. You're right, though. and all the money in the world. It's distracting, was like, though, no? Why can it distracting? I mean, like the film itself was kind of like, it was like, you know, the film was light enough. Yeah, that having that kind of making that kind of choice didn't disrupt it for me. Yeah. <laughs> um and in all the money in the world, the whole film is really histrionic. So her playing it like a soap actress didn't necessarily disrupt it in any kind of it's way. It's kind of I
0: her think. playing it like a soap actress. And Mark Wahlberg doing a Smell the Fart acting. Oh yeah, completely. Yeah, <laughs> that's totally Yeah, yeah, yeah Mark yeah. Wahlberg can be great. <laughs> yeah, but in that film yeah. he
1: was completely Smell the Fart acting. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, so no, fine, yeah, it's fine. You thought it was fine. I oh, like this. the you really? I like really hers? liked it. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: And, I mean, I hope this one finds an audience because I, so too, I think yeah. you're right about, about the female comedy thing. And there was a moment in this as well where uh, there's like a male model type in us, you mm-hmm. know, just you know, generic male he model. Was in, he was in Game
1: of Thrones. Was he in Game of Thrones? Is he, is he, he, he male model? On. I don't know if he's a male model or but he no. looks well, like a male model. He does, yeah. in fairness, yeah. yeah.
0: But uh, you know, there's you know, there's obvious romantic kind of whatever. There, she kind of fancies him or whatever. And I, I'm, I was kind of like, is that, is that kind of realistic? Like, he looks like like a supermodel or whatever. And Joe was like, yeah, that's every pretty much every comedy when yeah. <laughs> an actor, and like you know the female lead was obviously way too, way too attractive for him. I was like. Fair point. Yeah, it's an an just, get yeah. <laughs> just get back in my box. Yeah, just get back in my box. All right. Major point. Okay, we'll move on. Uh, D, I was really looking forward to seeing this one uh, yes. because we, so we went, we went and and looked for another screen, and we were hoping it was an even screen, and it wasn't. But I managed to get along this morning, and Brian wasn't allowed.
1: I wasn't allowed to go. Yeah, David was shocked to see the new senior editor who's replaced Mike. I I went. and was like, look, listen, is a screening on today at eleven o'clock? Can I go? And he was like, well, hang on. Has D seen it? I was like, yeah. And the review's been written. Yeah, and D gave it five stars. Yeah and Mike is going to see it yeah well then why do you need to go see it I was like
2: in fairness he has a point I know he has a
1: point I'm just saying I would have anyways
2: it might be nice if you could keep quiet for a while
0: oh (laughs) oh I, I love when it, that it's not my problem anymore yeah. it's amazing. you're loving this
1: aren't you it's
0: yeah. amazing like although when you're trying scheduling around mm. production stuff because that's what I do now that can be more about it yeah. as well yeah. um, but the this is Tully this is Jason Reitman and Diablo Cody mm-hmm. uh, the Juno together the young adult together yeah. um, she won an Oscar for writing the screenplay uh, mm-hmm. for Juno Um. I, I kind of, this one's been so subtle in its release. Yes. Um. And I don't know if that's a, you know, kind of a purposeful, like kind of the mm-hmm. kind of platform release yeah. where they help it build wor- build word of mouth mm-hmm. and that it's kind of come out of nowhere to yeah. open this Friday. Uh, I was blown away by it I yeah. absolutely loved that and I know you did too I'm so glad because
2: <laughs> I kind of was feeling the pressure because I did give it five stars because for me it was kind of it reminded me a little of Lady Bird and I mentioned this in my review which you can read in full on site. Um, so in that like it review. was kind of like it reminded me of Ladybird in that in its kind of smallness it was kind of perfect a perfectly round film in like what it was trying to accomplish and everything and yeah. in terms of just its emotional wholeness and like that Ending and not to give anything away, but it's like it's like heartbreaking, you know. Um, and another point I brought up was just you, I've never seen a movie like this that just so you know unblinkingly portrays the hardship of motherhood ever, you know, like really, yeah,
0: (laughs) yeah, this film is almost a contraceptive,
2: yeah, (laughs) yeah, like it's like right right
0: there, this (laughs) film is a contraceptive, (laughs) yeah. Well, I mean, it's fantastic, Charlize, Mm -hmm. Theron is. Amazing like, we, yeah. we kind of waxed There's sol- been
2: a lot of early Oscar buzz Around this performance oh, she, well, And I'm not surprised at all deserves
0: it so much mm-hmm. when, you, when you kind of consider Where our last big film was which was obviously like an action film mm-hmm. um, you Atomic know, Le- Blonde yeah Atomic yeah, Blonde and she's incredible in that yes. and then she goes and you know she's put on a lot of weight mm. She's, um, I know she's a different monster as well she likes to do that and likes to she did have
2: Gringo in between but we're not going to talk about that oh yeah yeah, it wasn't
0: good. that was a favourite for Joel Edgerton wasn't it, it Was his brother directed that, that yeah. Is, yeah. that's what that one kind of stunk like we've uh, got Ron Livingston as well who's not in enough films Ron Livingston is great he plays her husband yeah, I he's love great.
1: Ron Livingston he's such a good he's actor he's such a good actor I'm glad he's in this I didn't know he was in this that's yeah. brilliant.
0: He plays her husband. Yeah. Um, and it's a very simple story, Dee, about mm-hmm. a, like kind of a, a woman kind of dealing with... She's pregnant. She's... At the, just at yeah. the first meet her, uh, she's um, she's about to give birth to her third mm-hmm. child, and she's yeah. got two other kids, and one of them's kind of a problem child. It's kind of quite difficult, and she's yeah. finding the whole thing just stressful. Mm-hmm. And a kind of Reitman and Cody kind of like delve, but everything kind of goes f- like from her point of view. Yeah, Um yeah, you're, exactly. you're constantly with her the whole time, and it's... It's stressful just to even watch.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's funny because um, even describing, because I described the story just like that to other people and they were kind of like, oh, she's a single mom. And I'm like, no, she has a husband. He's just not very helpful. And it's so funny because like you think like, you know, all husbands are so like great and everything these days but I do think it's just kind of like a habit that is still very kind of contemporary and happens a lot in that the mum kind of just starts to take charge of everything and all of a sudden she is in charge of everything and she kind of almost doesn't need or doesn't want the yeah. husband to kind of help because the blame is never kind. Of, there's no like kind of blame in it or anything which I thought was really kind of nice as well but um, I thought Mackenzie Davison it is great so storyline wise what happens is they hire a night nanny who is played by Mackenzie davis who is on the up and up and she's brilliant in this as tully she was in blade runner 2049 and she's going to be in the terminator reboot um which i think she'll be really great in because having seen her in a few things yeah yeah i think she really is um but every time her and charlie theron are on the screen together like there's just something kind of magic happening you know and it's it's amazing to
0: watch um, and I think we at like, Cody and, and Jason Reitman, Diablo Cody and Jason Reitman. Mm-hmm. There's an incredibly underrated yeah. filmmaking team.
2: Yeah, I think that young adults young especially is, just kind of went under the amazing. radar, even yeah, though it was brilliant. I yeah. The
0: young adults, one of those that gets better when you go back and watch it as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah. Which obviously Sarah Charlie run too. And that one went way under the radar. That, sh- yeah, that should have yeah. been, I think, better one. received.
1: And had Patrick Wilson in it. There we oh, go. There you go, Patrick, Patrick Wilson. Wilson. Patrick. Podcast Wilson.
0: favorite, Patrick Wilson. Yeah. Uh, there was a moment in this D where, because um, you're kind of talking about the, you know, the, that dynamic with the husband and the man mm-hmm. kind of taking over, and then it's kind of expected over, where uh, Ron Livingston's character plays a husband. Like tries, you can see him kind of trying, but he yeah. kind of feels insecure about trying. Yeah, they're just in bed one night, and he's kind of says something, and yeah, it's such a beautifully subtle moment, and it's a great performance from both of them.
2: It really is. It's so beautifully written and directed because it's so like real and immediately relatable and immediately understandable. How like people just get into these kind of like they almost kind of make holes for themselves. That they're just kind of stuck in and find yeah. it really hard to kind of get out of these like rhythm and routine. So I just I just thought it was a brilliant kind of slice of life movie and I thought it was really interesting um, with regards to like you know in comparison to like Juno and Young Adult which both kind of look at like you know well Juno in the film is pregnant and in Young Adult they kind of go into a pregnancy that Charlize Theron who's in that film as well her character did have so I thought it was kind of interesting that this one kind of almost brings those like full circle yeah. in the themes that Do it's you think exploring that was a, a it? it might be yeah, yeah because well I mean if they made the
0: trilogy, they made yeah, the trilogy films, yeah, yeah
2: exactly and the fact that um, this is them kind of coming back a few years on from young adult because I think young adult and junior were fairly close together, but then there was kind of like a bit of space in between young yeah, adult. Yeah,
0: we well, did open the air then, totally. didn't they? They did we? open yeah, the air? Yeah, and did men, but, women, and children. as yeah,
2: well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So Jason Wrighton had a few kind of projects in between. Well, um, open the air is but, yeah. incredible, Brian. That's yeah.
0: a, that's a really you were saying that messed
1: you up. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, I mean look, I know I talked to Anya about this. Um, Anya, who's the chief content officer, like before I did this job. Um, I worked as a mechanical engineer and I had to travel a lot for my job. Like, would fly a lot. Yeah, I had to travel overseas quite a bit and I had to just travel around Ireland a lot. Yeah. And it's the kind of thing that, like, if you're living out of your suitcase for your job, it's the kind of thing that, like, you really kind of start to kind of become detached from every kind of social aspect of your life. And Nanya was saying the same as well. She was like, yeah, it's like, it's... Up in the air really kind of got that whole kind of, like... Uh, sense of like otherness you kind of get from like moving a lot around for your job the fact that like you can you never g- feel fully connected to one place exactly yeah. and yeah. you don't even feel connected to people you know yeah. that kind of way and that how it becomes so kind of easy until the point where it becomes you're just sort of used to it and you're just like yeah well I don't really need people in my life I can continue on as that being myself just moving around yeah but then ultimately you find that it becomes a really hollow pursuit, and I and again, like I bet you any money, anyone who's watched up in the air, who travels a lot for work, yeah. will relate to it because I certainly related to it. And you said the same as well. And I'm it's, sure your a-
0: brain is just kind of frazzled up, and I haven't done, you know, not to the extent that yourself or Ananya or uh, a lot of people who travel for a living would mm. do. But when I was deep in the junkets and it was just me, yeah, before you guys came along, doing the junkets years ago for Entertainment. A. Um, you're in the airport twice a week sometimes, yeah, yeah. and it's exhausting too. Yeah. But uh, you haven't seen Open the Air D, so we might no, we might have to do that as a revisit. Yeah. Maybe that could yeah.
2: be a good one because we could start to look at like more recent ones, like ones from the naughties and stuff. Yeah. You know, yeah. it'd be worth it. Yeah. yeah.
0: Did, did you guarantee in your
1: mailbag this week, Brian? <clears throat> I did actually. Yes, we did. Uh, I have the letter. Letters. We get letters. We get stacks and stacks of letters. Uh, so this comes in from Hugh Fitzpatrick. And this is addressed to you, Mike. Oh, lovely. Dear Film Podcast, I hope to hear from the wannabe bodybuilder Mike this week. The wannabe bodybuilder? <laughs> I never <laughs> said bodybuilder. I never said wannabe, wannabe bodybuilder. I want to be bodybuilder. Well, like in fairness, you wear T-shirts that are like two, t- two sizes too small. I for you. don't cut off the circulation in the air. No, this
0: isn't. Yeah, but you normally
1: do. This is different. You I normally put on do like
0: that. five kilos of like, of, like I put on weight, Brian. But thanks for pointing it out, Brian. You were really kind of anyways, like,
1: uh, borderline
2: just, obsessive with my. I don't know sometimes. why. I don't
1: know why. I keep doing this. <laughs> Why is Brian fat shaming me? I don't know why doing Why is Brian f- fat f-
0: shaming me? <laughs> because well, I can't afford large tops. I'm. It was medium, and now I'm large, Brian.
1: Yeah, right. Whatever. Out uh, what'd you call it? Well, look, like, you bully me all the time. Like,
0: let's anyways, finish the letter.
1: Finish the letter. Uh, he says, uh, "I love that D's like your carer now. It's fantastic." carer
0: <laughs> He's like, he's like, yeah, "Okay, you're all right. It's fine. Here's your things. No, you need to do this now. Okay, you need to right. Do
1: that now. Uh, he also suggested, he, uh, suggested the suggested American History X uh, suggestion for the revisit. Great suggestion. Yeah, we'll do that next week. We'll okay. do American yeah. History X next week. Um, but for this week on the revisit, and we'll get to that later. We're doing Moulin Rouge." Ooh. You. uh So, yeah, t- thanks for that, uh, Hugh Fitzpatrick. Although or, he did he signed sign it, as Ryan. Ryan, which
0: is a bit confusing.
1: Okay, yeah. so uh, is this a real person? Are you I a real person?
0: Uh, which are, like, maybe you just listen to that. Is he sending it for somebody else's email account? Maybe he has an alter
2: ego, Ryan maybe, and Hugh. Maybe he's all
1: fight Spoiler alert. Could be, yeah. Could be, <laughs> I don't know, but whatever, anyway. Thanks for, <laughs> thanks for sending it in. And uh, if you want to send in something for the, pod, for the uh, mailbag, it's brian, B-R-I-A-N, at Entertainment.ie.
0: Okay, and you can tweet us as well at yes. the film Show, um, where we do kind of get abuse from the same two or three people. We do, yeah. But, yeah. They're, but they're dedicated. They're yeah, committed. Yeah, committed. Yeah, we committed. appreciate it. Like, they're super yeah. committed. Yeah. All right, Brian, you're gonna we're gonna mix things up this week. Yes. In a, in a bold move. Bold move. It was a bold move. Cotton, uh, you're gonna take up movie news because Dee's gonna tackle the revisit. Uh, yes. Afterwards.
2: We're mixing it up. Mixing both. it up.
1: Um, okay, so the first bit of news I have is, is uh, another podcast favourite. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal is going to star as music legend Leonard Bernstein in a new biopic that's going to be directed by uh, Cary Fukunaga. The par- people would know Cary Fukunaga from the first season of True Detective. Um, the film is expected to begin production in the coming months, probably in the autumn, so that means it will miss out on this Oscar season. So it'll be probably year beyond. A year, the a year after from the now. festivals yeah, next summer or ten next yeah. year. Yeah, yeah right? definitely. But like, I mean... It's definitely got Oscar bait written all over. It, I think. Yeah.
0: Um, Gyllenhaal deserves
1: it at this stage. He does. He should have been
0: nominated for Stronger. Uh, yeah. Which was really underrated. I really like Stronger, and he, he is great. And he's just a great should have been nominated for Nightcrawler as well. Yeah. He should have won for Nightcrawler really.
1: Nightcrawler though, was too weird for the for the Academy. Like it was the same with Drive. Like I think. Mean, Hang on. The best picture winner this year was a woman having sex with a fish
0: again. Yeah, but it was romantic, it was romantic. and nice like-
1: yeah, it was romantic. In a story. weird
0: little way. <laughs> it was a romantic relationship. Sorry. It, wasn't it was a little- romantic
2: and fantasy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like, like I was reading um this article about talking about the Florida project and how that it's an amazing film that kind of looks at this like side of, you know, America that you don't normally see, you know, yeah. which is people were kind of living in motels, motels and stuff. And the. A point that the article was essentially making is that the Oscars always avoids these kind of heavy going topics, yeah. which I thought was kind of re- a really valid point, you know. Yeah.
0: And, but I just think, you know, you were kind of alluded to the fact that, was you know, it's about a better woman and a fish and lust that's not there in
1: love the know. Like I no,
0: just it wasn't a lustful thing so that makes it not bestiality then
1: yeah that's <laughs> it Like it's kind of a thing about like well it wasn't bestiality in, in, as such like bestiality suggests that there was no sentience you know that sort of way. Jesus why are we still talking about The Shape of Water anyways uh, next bit of news <laughs> next bit of news that was my trigger Mel Gibson uh, his next directorial effort will be a World War 2 thriller about kamikaze attacks um, nice is, and light Mel Totally like,
2: but like, I mean, he loves his war stuff, sure, he does, he? yeah. Like, yeah.
1: Hacksaw Ridge did really well for yeah. him, like, that really kind of, kind of a war movie. Well, it was more of a chase movie, but there's but like, yeah. elements of it, like, mm. yeah. Um, so yeah, he apparently will be directing this. Uh, it's based on a non fiction book called Hell from the Heavens, which detailed a brutal kamikaze attack on the USS Lafayette during World War 2 Um, now, apparently, he is being courted for the reboot of uh, Six Million Dollar Man with uh, Mark Wahlberg that will be directed by Peter Berg Um, and yeah they want him to start like Peter Berg yeah I do too yeah and they want um, Mel Gibson to star in that reboot and so if he doesn't if he if they don't if he doesn't do this um or sorry if he doesn't do the six million dollar reboot he's going to start this in like autumn I think start the
0: pre-production for this
1: yeah exactly so it's kind of whether or not he does the deal to do the six million dollar man reboot or not um, Hollywood's
0: yeah. kind of forgiven Mel
1: Gibson now, haven't they? Kind of, yeah. Because all, all the stuff yeah. that's gone on well, <laughs> since yeah. Mel Gibson says,
0: Mel Gibson. You know, he was despicable, but really was a criminal. Like I mean, you person. know, was he like
1: was he like was he going on for thirty years like yeah. abusing women? Yeah. No, I mean it wasn't that bad. Yeah. Um But yeah, no, I think with um, I think the fact that Daddy's Home Two did really well for him. Yeah. Um, I think that kind of helped to rehabilitate his image, and also as well. As you said, like I mean, the fact that like Harvey Weinstein, all that stuff is going You're on. It's not just Harvey Weinstein
0: either Is Not long even character. him, like yeah, yeah, like
1: you know, James Toback and all that stuff. I think this is kind of I don't want to say lent perspective, but like it definitely has kind of made people think
0: Yeah, well I suppose if there's been a, a long period of time between yeah. uh when like whenever the incident I suppose it was another incident when he when he was on the phone, he was for conversations, tapes. Um, you know, does it at a certain like it's like where where does the punishment then for something sure. like that, you know? And I know Robert yeah. Downey Jr. came out and kind of pleaded for forgiveness yeah. for, him, for him as well. Yeah. Uh, because by all accounts, uh, you know, when Hacksaw Ridge and Andrew Garfield and Vince Vaughn talking about working with Gibson, they loved working with him. Mm-hmm. I interviewed him for that home too and he's wired like, he's totally wired. He's just like, he's rubbing his beard and he's like, the, but it's amazing sitting across from somebody like Mel Gibson. Yeah. yeah. Because Martin Riggs, yeah. Mad Max. You know, yeah. it's it's like it's like it's it, yeah. braveheart. Like he, he like he looks like a movie. Like he's got a big grey beard, and he still looks like a movie star. Yeah. He's huge, and he's just you yeah. Know, so, some people just have that presence, and Mel Gibson like still has that. But you can see why he's such a big star for some oh totally years.
1: yeah yeah. Like Jesus, like I mean, you look back at like braveheart, like I mean, just the the concept of it, like and uh, tidbit. um I at home. I have a shield that was stolen from the set. Of, uh, braveheart. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, it, it was filmed. Uh, the Battle of Sterling was filmed in the court Camp. Yeah, Uh, where I used to live, and um, I actually held up production of Braveheart for one day. Uh, What? How much did that cost? I prob- that probably cost him about 10 grand, I'd say. Because what happened was, right? The, the, the chariot. No, this is a true story. This is, oh. honest to God, this is a true back. story. Did you be admitting this? No, no, I can admit it now. And I've always wanted to interview Mel
0: <laughs> Did Gibson. You should have stopped him, D. Because you're his carer. You're supposed to stop him when he I off the rails like an old
2: what man. He's so excited. I know. I Let genuinely, genuinely, genuinely I've
1: always wanted to interview Mel Gibson just so I could tell him this story that I held up production of oh, Brainwave. What
2: have he got really annoyed at you? I, I don't, well,
1: like, there you go. We like got Mel viral. Mel Gibson annoyed. It at could you. happen, but I'll tell the story anyway. So. Uh, the Battle of Stirling, right, was filmed uh, in front in Brownstown, where I used to live, in the Cork camp, right? And you know the bit where, like, they're charging down and then they turn around and bear their arses? Yeah. Yeah, right. So that's basically filmed on the crest of a hill near near an army camp, which was where we used to live. And when they were doing the horse charge coming down, right, because you had to line up all the horses to get them to run directly straight. Um, Myself, my dad and my brother we were kind of creeping out onto the plains where it was happening. And my dad was like, look, look, I can see them like lining up all the horses. Da-da-da-da. And I stood right up and like, was like, oh, my God, I can see it. And next minute, the, the, the horses all stopped. They all came to it like, the, all reined up. Probably because you're a, a
2: horse whisperer.
1: Well, no, <laughs> it was like, they all reined up in a complete line. There he is. <laughs> and next minute, no, no, this is, next minute, this guy came belting towards me on, on the back of a horse with a stick running right at me. And like, like reined up and like swung it all over my head to get me to sit down, and then the guy was like, "You can't be here. You can't be here. You gotta get out. Gotta you gotta get out. You're after holding up the entire day, and they had to. They couldn't film it for the rest of the day then." And oh. they, because it, because apparently it took that long. There was a rule with horses that they were only allowed to have them on set for. It's kind of like children; like they're only allowed oh, to have them yeah, on set for a certain so amount of time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no and they had spent that long. They had spent that long because they put a call out across, across all Kildare to get the horses up, and they only arrived late apparently. And when they finally got them lined up for the shot, they only had one chance to do it that day, and I messed it up. I
0: I don't think I think that cost would have cost more than ten grand. Probably. I think, I'd say the that was what an eighty million dollar film, and you only got a match Stout
1: uh,
2: yeah,
0: but okay, so, so so say it's an, no, let's just let's just oh, the, don't give me it's, mental it's a big, it's a big the, sequence in the God film, right? Yeah, it's an 80 million dollar film. It was the mid 90s, like 94, 95. 90, well, they filmed it in 93.
1: 93, yeah. 90, oh, so 90, oh, no, 93. sorry, no, 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 92, 92.
0: 92. 92 so, yeah. so allowing for inflation and stuff yeah. like that, so probably 150 million dollar movie nowadays. Yep. uh, it was a big action sequence in the movie, so an expensive sequence in the movie. Sure. They normally spend. Well, probably like two weeks, maybe to film week and a half. To no, I would have had
1: would've, for this for Braver, yeah. they would have had like months,
0: okay? Yeah, but for one sequence or
1: whatever. So let's oh, say, sure, yeah,
0: let's say the rental of the horses, the rental of all the extras, um, you know, the camera equipment that was shot in film, obviously.
1: Yeah, and they had the FCA as well. They, they had the, the FCA. FCA, so they
0: pay all of them, yeah, they had to pay for the uh, the film and yeah. the can that they lost, you know, it was you know, it was a big, you know, panoramic.
1: Oh, yeah, they probably film. lost the reel. Yeah. I'd say
0: you cost Mel Gibson.
1: And uh, that studio, probably, I'd say about one hundred and fifty grand. I would say that's the uh, the the SMI pot was it about like anywhere between te- would have been ten grand then. Yeah. So like uh, Just after inflation You're probably talking 70, 80 grand I love that you want to meet Mel Gibson and tell him that. I, I want to tell him that story. I think he's
0: going to be like Oh no way that's gas I know but it's like just heard more. Mel Gibson On the phone? No <laughs> I haven't I
1: just want to see I want to, I want to get that Like you know I want him to lose his Lose his mind In front yeah. of me like, Oh my god Look it's Mel Gibson Losing his mind I just you, You'd yeah. be like Look Mel All worked out alright In the end didn't it? This, this is it like, This is it And I would like to think As well He possibly had a day To think about that shot You know that anyway. <laughs> I like to think that I gave him the presence of mind that he was like, he went back to his like hotel and he was like, no, we've got to completely revamp the shot. I'm really grateful to that little kid giving me the day to think about that shot. Or he just like belittled like four assistant trainee directors and was like, "Why did you let him? But you, you can't let people. possibly. I don't know. Well, whatever. But like, it's a formative like, moment. I've done. because have you ever been on a film set? Have you ever like worked on a film set? Yeah. Uh, well, I <laughs> it was an extra on the clinic. Does that well, count? Well, I mean, kind of, right? Okay. But I was um, Sam Keeley. We had actually, in, he was in the clinic. Yeah, he was but in the and, clinic yeah, as well. We had,
0: like, on. In, uh, super nice guy. Um, if you've ever been on a film set, ever worked on a film set as a trainee AD, right? Because I, I used to want to be a cinematographer, mm. um, and I realized how hard it was to film school and all that. Didn't get a masters like Deirdre. But I tried. Oh, I tried. Oh, good. Oh, good.
1: Oh, good. Good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice.
0: I, did, I, did, I did try, nice. kind of. So <laughs> but then I realized, you know, it's an extremely difficult thing to get into. Anyway, mm. um, I worked. So I ended up working on a film, a TV set. Remember Murphy's Law?
2: Oh, uh, With James a Nesbitt. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was like a
0: really crap version of Luther, you know. <laughs> uh, and it was set in Leicester, but they shot it on Fatima Mansions. <laughs> right. And so I was a trainee assistant director on that for like they were like 14 hour days. Mm, yeah. And uh I, they were shooting in one of the they were shooting up one of the flats, like set set in Leicester, and I they told me they were like I was like whatever, 50 yards up. And they're like, don't let anybody go past here. You cannot let anybody go past here. They're gonna ruin the shot. Some girl, I'd say she was about four or five, came running up and she was like, Mr. Mr. I have to go in me toilet. And I was like, Hee! and before he knew it, she was just at the sprinting down. <gasps> the shot oh, like, no. and just like had to ruin the shot and I was like what am I what are you supposed to do in a situation like yeah. that like, like yeah it's a four year old girl you, it, pee, like. I was on her own as well yeah. was, you know but uh yeah so there, that's, that's my production tip and it didn't cost them 120 grand anyway. no in
1: fairness I didn't shut down like you didn't shut down a major Hollywood production Deirdre any any anecdotes from you <laughs> shutting down major um and-
2: no, I but I did have a bit I did work as a trainee on one film. I won't name it, but it was honest. Oh, really? uh, really um it was a Danish Irish co-production that okay. probably no one's ever heard. I don't know if it even got a release. Was any pole vaulters in it? What? Was any
0: Danish pole vaulters in it. Um wait, what? The pole vault. The pole vault the Landshore, oh, right? No, oh, right. I was.
1: I just What was the name I of the film? A... Ah, it doesn't matter. Oh, oh I got can we can we talk about this off air? yeah okay well, yeah, was it an enjoyable experience no oh, <laughs> that's why you don't yeah, want to talk about it air. Yeah, yeah, i okay.
2: remember it was um it was actually when they i wouldn't say it was when they started filming on digital film but this particular movie was shot on digital film and it was one of those art house movie directors and basically you'd get shots that were probably a minimum of about 15 minutes long and they could go as long as 30 minutes take, and i'd be yeah. like trying to keep everyone quiet for that length of time as a trainee AD is like freaking impossible. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So, um, and I had jobs like yours, which was like keeping people away on set and making lots of coffee, but I don't drink coffee. So they were sure. bad cups of coffee. <laughs> 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 but people just had to kind of deal. So, <laughs> um, yeah, it wasn't, uh it, uh, it wasn't a great experience. And there was a bit of like, um, what's a conflict, but Ooh. there was tension Tens- between the Danish crew and the Irish crew. Oh, so. okay.
0: The cultural divide, like.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. A bit and uh yeah. I love, but, it. but you know what? It taught me that I don't want to work on films, and here I am. I love
0: to. Put me indeed. We're <laughs> yeah. training the ads and stuff, and now we're here. Really. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no. fairness. Not doing that again. Yeah. Not
1: doing that anymore. Yeah. yeah, I like. I yeah, I. I They're
2: actually know. really boring film sets. People yeah. Under- yeah. underestimate how boring they are. Yeah.
1: yeah, like you listen to like Mark Maron talk to actors about being on sets and stuff like this and it just sounds awful. Like, it's a real fierce, honest. Have you heard actually, if you listen to um,
0: Mark Maron, you went to see him in Vickersfield, Yeah, We'll move on to the revisit now. Mm. Um, but uh, he was, he's still in Ireland. He was in Ireland for like a week. Yeah, he was. He's yeah. it's been very complimentary about our shores he has. Yeah, he was. I think it's because he's so miserable. <laughs> Well, like, I I feel like he he
1: said it before Like he was talking about How like when he lived in Boston Like they kind of had Like a very much Cultural affinity to Ireland Like <laughs> Yeah which is, makes sense like, if you're if like you're like A young Mark Maron Yeah like, you have You have gotten that before people, Yeah people have said that before And I don't know I, I really
2: want to see Some of Mark Maron's stuff So I can
0: like Yeah make the make yeah, I don't, see, I don't it, necessarily like g- Take there? it as
1: a compliment Like people like Intend it as a compliment I don't think it is intended. Well he's
0: like a really successful Podcaster and comedian You're on a podcast <sighs> Yeah You're funny to laugh at <laughs>
1: Alright, let's do the
0: revisit then. Above all things I believe in love. Love is like oxygen. Love is a many splendid thing. Love lifts us up where we belong. All you need is love.
1: Actually, wait, before we get started on on the, the revisit, Dearja. Yeah. Full disclosure. Oh god. I was meant to watch Moulin Rouge last night. I knew you wouldn't get around to it, I fell asleep. I knew you I wouldn't get around to it. I fell asleep. It's
2: fine, Brian. It's fine. Have you seen it, Mike? I have seen Moulin Rouge. Yes. Have you
1: not seen it, Brian? No. No. I've never I've never watched it from start to finish. Anytime, I, like, it's like one of those films, I'll start watching it and then I'll just conk out of sleep. And I don't know why, like, I had every intention of watching it.
2: I don't know how. It's such a loud movie. I know, <laughs> said, no. it's just so,
1: It's so, you won't yeah. go into it, but it's
0: all so yes. Baz luhrmann Yeah, Everything it really about Yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah, to the extreme. Um, so I think this movie is worthy of a revisit for two reasons, because Brian always like, because I'm, I'm mimicking your style now and going through like, you yeah. know,
1: you're number one, number two and all that. Um, well, actually, but, wait, no, hang on. Dave O'Shocknessy suggested this, remember? Oh, yeah, I yeah.
2: forgot to actually highlight that. So our um, editor, our new editor...
0: Whatever lads. <laughs>
2: <laughs> David O'Shaughnessy actually suggested Moulin Rouge, so I and I'd seen it and Brian hadn't, so we yep. decided to switch up the whole movie news and using it now. So
0: I was like, I don't like change. Are you doing?
2: Um, Anyway, aside from it being like a super entertaining film, it's really well sung, really well cast. It has a good pacing and it's kind of hopelessly romantic. So it appeals to, you know, the romantic. The soundtrack was huge, wasn't it? Yeah, it was amazing. But the two main reasons why I think that this film deserves a lot of credit is... One, its technical achievements, like it looks absolutely stunning. Everything about this, the colour, the costume design, the production design, it won a couple of um Oscars for it. Actually, I think it won for Best Art Direction, which has been renamed, I think, to Production Design now, but Best Art Direction and it won for costume design as well, I think. And it's just like such a gorgeous film. So um, technically amazing as well. The editing, the sound and everything, the music just like constantly like going through it and everything is really, really gorgeous. And I think that what's so cool about um, its its richness of colour as well is that it really throws it back to and you guys know I love my classic Hollywood. It really throws it back to like the original big musical period, which was in kind of the 1930s to 50s, which brings me to my next point, which is that the second reason why we Moulin Rouge deserves loads and loads of praise, is that it is the comeback of the musical, and I'm going to tell you why it was not Mamma Mia, it certainly wasn't La La Land, it was Moulin Rouge during the 90s. The essentially the only kind of big musicals you had I mean, you had like the odd one, like you had a Vita and stuff, but most of the musical releases were Disney movies like The Lion King and stuff like that. But then when Moulin Rouge came out in 2001, I want to say you had like a load, load of musicals following afterwards. You had like Chicago, Dreamgirls, Hairspray, Sweeney Todd, all of these movies that kind of were working off the back of the success of Moulin Rouge and it was also hugely significant in bringing back specifically the Duke Box musical which is like a musical that basically consists of songs that like you've known and heard of before and that's how Mamma Mia earned its success as well was being a jukebox musical so there you go and that's why it's awesome oh and also <laughs> final point <laughs> final point. you'll remember Hugh Jackman's Oscar opening in 2009 where again he was saying like the musical's back the musical's back and that was directed by Baz Luhrmann the director of Moulin Rouge so that's oh, really? how important well, he is to ba, Baz
0: Luhrmann is, uh, he's, he's had a he's kind of had an eclectic career but yeah. we always had that Baz Luhrmann palace. Yeah. you'll always know it you'll yeah. always know it. it's just, quite extravagant and loud yeah. and
2: like I remember seeing this documentary that was kind of talking about his first three movies as kind of his love trilogy so you first had um, Strictly Ballroom or Strictly, Strictly Dancing Ballroom, Strictly yeah. Ballroom yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, and that was like um, communication through dance and then Moulin Rouge is communication through song and then then Romeo and Juliet, which was released in between, is kind of love communication through like poetry, and I am big pentameter. pentameter. What the, what's what?
1: What's that? It's the Shakespeare thing. It's like um, the,
2: it's a particular like rhythm of poetry, and okay. you have certain number of words per yeah, line. Yeah, yeah. So it's like five. It's,
1: it's like five per word, isn't it? So it's like five that, per yeah. line. It's a, okay. thing, it's a thing that like Shakespeare did where he. It structured every line in iambic pentameter so that like it had to have like five and then three and then five. Right? I forget like what it is. is. Yeah, yeah something yeah. along but those lines. I've never heard of that.
0: Maybe yeah. just somebody said it and I just ignored it because I was like, I'm not going to need to know that. No, you wouldn't. Like, I mean, no, <laughs> well, you won't know it. Well, like you know. Out. Well, like I did on. Well, did you do <laughs> honors English in Gleams? No, I didn't. Well, there you go with it. It's yeah. it's
2: an Englishy thing. Yeah. I
0: yeah. got a, I got a I got a D two or D was d D three. What's the what's what's the lowest you can get without failing? D three. Yeah. In lower level maths. So that's as stupid
1: as you can get without failing. No, here, listen. I did. Listen. I got your bet. I did foundation mats. Yeah. I that, did fund- well, that's right, that's right. Oh, you, you did, did foundation mats. mats. Yeah. Okay. Right, grand. Yeah. Okay.
2: Well, I did pass mats. <laughs> <laughs>
1: then
2: you went on to get a masters. Huh? There, you uh, See, there you go. Well, it wasn't maths there, related. Yeah.
0: <laughs> okay, because we haven't mentioned both Nicole Kidman and Hugh McGregor, the stars uh, yes, of this Yes, they're
2: awesome. And, uh, I, and I didn't know they could both sing. And I still think that it's one of Nicole Kidman's best roles. I think that she looks fabulous. I wish that she went back to red hair and white skin because she looks beautiful.
0: Um, She's amazing in Big Little Lies. She's so good in that. But yeah. I wasn't a fan of hers until that series. I've been on really? The, you you, you yeah. did yeah. like Moulin Rouge? Um, oh no, like, I liked Moulin Rouge. I yeah. thought it was like, just a fun kind of extravagant blast of a film i remember my girlfriend at the time was in college was obsessed with it as well Mm -hmm. so the soundtrack was on constantly and uh you know for a film that you'd be like oh you're gonna that's not kind of my cup of tea but you will still enjoy it yeah
2: exactly there's still so
0: much there and it was kind of a cultural phenomenon Mm -hmm. uh, for a long time just horror generally speaking i find her quite uh contrite Mm -hmm. and mannered she's just even in the hours and stuff everything seems like she's trying very very hard Mm. and like point being I always know she's acting. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but Big Little Lies was the first time I saw her. And granted, I haven't seen every single piece of film that she's made um, or every single film or shot that she's made. Uh, but it was the first time I was like, she's incredible in this. Like, she got lost in the role. It was a really tough role as well. And I was like, all right, Nicole Kidman, I'm back on board. Don't <laughs> leave me. But
1: like, that I fair. What like, what I would say about Nicole Kidman is that, like, she does do... Like she is willing to take chances, you know, yeah. Kind of mm-hmm. Like she was doing one of Lars von Trier's films, or like one of those dog. So that's very films. true. That's a fair point. Like yeah. I'll, I'll give her credit. That's a chance, for all right. Yeah, you know Yeah, too. genuine. <laughs> <laughs> and even those like films are batshit crazy. Oh, really. They're nuts. <laughs> yeah. They're nuts. And even like Batman Forever, like when she was in that, like she was incredible in that. I thought. All right. <laughs> formative. <laughs> Thirsty. Thirsty. It, 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 it was formative. Get brand a, dr- a drink of water. Um. But yeah, no, I think yeah, she like is one of those actors. I think that like tries to reinvent herself in every role and like it doesn't surprise me that like it's Big Little Lies is the one that got you like for you it was Moulin Rouge mm. I think of Eyes Wide Shut I thought she was brilliant in Eyes Wide Shut that says a lot to be fair
0: yeah. you know like that it's a kind of three separate films where you're like I think this is her best work or yeah. three mm-hmm. separate pieces of work where you think, I think this is the best work and you're like and you're, you said a film that she's naked in because you're a creep
1: no I think in Eyes Wide Shut <laughs> no and I I like the film in... with the orgy you pick the film with the orgy <laughs> but she's not in there. it's like no, I think what the way I like about well, I, I looked, looked in that orgy. How do you know? they don't wear masks. Well, that's that—that's the ambiguity of it. Like, is she at the orgy or not? Like, with, like you leaving, aside, leaving aside <laughs> the nudity in Eyes Wide shot. I think her performance in it was really kind of authentic. Like, and you could see that you, you like, you totally believed the dynamics you have with Tom Cruise in it.
2: I also think that Jim Broadbent in Moulin Rouge oh, is yeah. fantastic. As yeah. Howard Sidler Like I've never seen him Kind of he, he Ever since then He goes for such like Subtle performances And I love actually When he does kind of The kind of kooky song and dance Yeah, yeah exactly yeah, He good. was great in that And um, John Lugiziamo Had a supporting role love as him. well That he was great in He's um, like He's Lina kind McGregor of like
0: too. He's like a lucky charm Isn't he John Lugiziamo Leguizamo, Leguizamo. Yeah. Sorry I've read his book his Also book in hilarious. John Wick John Wick That's what I mean He's in John Wick He's just, he's just, he's just With a pencil Play it. It's fucking pencil. So it's going to be funny now because we're going to put this one out hopefully as a video as well. Oh crap. I yeah. know that. So. By the way,
2: can we just say compliments to me because I worked in John Wick Mention, guys. Yeah. You did say work it. in a John it's Wick usually, Mention. In fairness. It's usually we, one of you we We're
0: going to have to wait for Deadpool too, <laughs> where the whole thing would just then become about the John Wick Oh, series. completely. And there was John Wick news and you didn't cover it in movie news.
1: Oh, yeah, what the official synopsis that was I last week. Well, look, you still
0: could have brought
2: it last in. week. Still so, could have brought First look at um, whatchamacallum, what's his name, Bill Skarsgård's character
1: in released Deadpool 2, yeah. And then
2: again, you can't really talk about a first look in a non visual. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And these <laughs> and the news, all pieces, visual now. I know, all visual yeah, now. but
1: like the news pieces that I got, this is this is fresh, this is hot off the press. What if people are like going back and well, I this. can't help them, okay? <laughs> I can only give you fresh hot news, which is what this is. <laughs> I like these news better. Anyway.
0: Okay, there's not a huge amount out next week, Deirdre, so we're going to have to have to, we're going have to have to crack next week and figure something out. There's not a huge amount out.
2: Yeah, we'll have to see Well, we
0: do <laughs> I know because, uh look, I me mean, we there's embargoes and stuff in place as well. Yeah, exactly. Well, like, there's, yeah, there's only, exactly. Some, there's only, um, so we'll there's only we'll some a bunch do. of guitars. <laughs> <of laughs> does Netflix have anything? Yeah. Is Netflix bringing anything? I mean, unless, unless we
2: released a little later in the week but we'll play it by year sure yeah we'll, we'll play it by we'll year, um, it so and we, everything, year. Yeah.
0: We, we might be next Thursday but uh, deirdre just got a bonus pod that's probably going to be a Friday we'd say
1: yeah <laughs> we'll get it yeah. out Friday
0: um, uh, Brian's got on the line Clive Owen check that one out yep. uh, search everywhere you get your podcasts um, and we should have a very famous male comedian <laughs> fingers crossed fingers crossed fingers crossed Uh, For On The Line as well The following week So uh, please do like and subscribe To The Film Show Follow us on Twitter Uh, Send Brian Send Brian a mail to a Sack Uh, Brian on entertainment.ie Mails are stored in the sack Mails are stored in the sack Packed to the brim Talk to you next week